I am Marlon Jones, the Career Skills Architect, and this is View from the Big Chair Podcast, Examining the Cost to Be the Boss. The purpose of this podcast is to share information with students in sports administration programs and with young professionals and those who are underemployed in sports administration. We talk with guests who sit in the big chair, those persons who are directors of athletics, who are head coaches, commissioners, or directors of different areas within athletic administration. We learn from their journey, and we also learn what skill sets they look for when they are hiring for positions so that you know how to prepare so that you can get to your own big chair. On this episode of View from the Big Chair, Examining the Cost to Be the Boss, our guest is marketing professional Alfred White. Good morning. Good morning. I met Alfred decades ago when we were both working at the NCAA. Thank you so much for joining us, Alfred. Can you tell? My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Sure. Tell our listeners when and how you developed your love for sports. Oh, gosh. It was many years ago. Um, I was in high school and um, I always liked uh, journalism. And so I was uh, writing for the, um, the high school newspaper and I always loved baseball. And uh, I was attempting to play baseball uh, in high school. And uh, I uh, got um, I got hurt playing baseball. Um, I, uh, I hurt my back and I had a had a baseball coach that um, that really liked me, and so um, he helped. Uh, even in high school, he helped me get into the uh, administrative side of things by uh, making arrangements for me to be a, a public address announcer at the um, at the baseball facility in Houston, where my high school played. And I guess the rest is history because uh, that um, that experience opened the door for many others um, that. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that over the course of the, uh, of, of, the, of the program. Sure. If you could just walk your listeners a little bit through that professional career, and then we'll get into some specifics. Sure. You know, so after, after high school um, in Houston, um, I went to college uh, at Texas Tech uh, through that public address announcing uh, position. Uh, while I was in high school, I, um, I happened to meet the head baseball coach at Texas Tech. And um, he uh, talked me into going to school there. I went there. I was the um, baseball publicist uh, for the baseball program as a student and uh, for a little bit of the time after graduation from college. But um, um, I, um, uh, my first job out of college was as assistant sports information director at Texas Tech, uh, where I worked on the um, uh, men's basketball program. I continued to work on on baseball and also was the uh, number two person for for the football program. I did that for three and a half years and then um, I went off to the NCAA uh, where I was fortunate enough to uh, cross paths with you. Um, And um, over the the course of time there, I went there as uh, assistant director of communications. Um, I was uh, 
um, in, incorporated into uh, promotions and licensing and merchandising. Um, ultimately became the uh, director of corporate marketing, was a part of the team that started the NCA corporate partner program. And uh, that really uh, propelled me to my next job uh, as commissioner of the Southern Conference. Um, I did that um, for three years uh, as well. Um, and really was, was, was not looking for a job when the NBA uh, came calling and uh, was in the process of starting the uh, National Basketball Development League. Um, you know, that was um, a, a fascinating experience. Um, one, sometimes I uh, wish I hadn't done, and sometimes I'm, I'm glad I did do because I did learn a thing or two um, on the um, entrepreneurial side of things. Uh, but um, uh, that was um, really an interesting um, experience uh, that I had uh, in my career. Uh, I did that also for three years uh, before uh, moving on to uh, Conference USA. That was my opportunity to return to college athletics. And uh, I really uh, in enjoyed uh, being at Conference USA for 12 years. I went there as an associate commissioner, uh, ultimately um, managed uh, baseball and football operations as well as public affairs. And was there for 12 years and then um, was uh, most recently at the college football playoff where I worked on uh, six of the uh, first uh, eight uh, college football playoff uh, national championship games. Um, you know, and, and due to some, um, you know, some family uh, situations, um, I relocated from Dallas to uh, Kansas City and in the process of, um, of uh, starting my um, consulting practice as ABW Consulting. Now, when you were at the NCAA working with the corporate partners, what are some of the skill sets that you think our young professionals need to acquire if they're interested in similar work? Yeah, I think um, uh, what, uh, what what helped me the most, um, and I would think that uh, it would help uh, a young professional a lot, um, is being able to develop and manage relationships. Um, uh, on, on the one side, um, you know, you're selling uh, a sponsorship uh, to someone and, you know, sponsorships aren't really off the shelf kind of products or services that, um, that you sell to somebody. You know, they are, are, are really things that um, somebody needs to be talked into. And most of the time, unless you're buying, um, um, you know, groceries or things that you would buy in a grocery store where you're just walking up and down an aisle and picking them off the shelf and put them in your shopping basket. Um, you know, you need to be uh, in a relationship with somebody and you get to know them. And most of the time, um, you know, really high dollar items like sponsorships, um, you have a relationship with the person that's selling them to you. And sometimes um, you buy things from people that you know and you like uh, because of that person. Um, sometimes, um, you don't, and, and, uh, and I really think that, um, being able to develop and manage a relationship, um, is, uh, is, is critical. I also think that, um, listening is something that, um, uh, you know, someone needs to, uh, make sure and be able to do, um, you know, nobody, uh, really, uh, wants to, um, um, you know, be involved with something that they really don't want or don't need. Uh, but if you listen to them and understand what their challenges are, what their goals and objectives are, and then being able to uh, solve those problems for them, 
um, that really sets up for a, a good experience for them. Uh, Alfred, how have the sponsorship changed over the last decade or so? See, I know they've gone through a lot of shifts. <laughs> well, I think um, with uh, with rights fees growing between the uh, the rights holders and the properties, um, I think there has had to be an, an openness for new and different categories. You know, for example, um, uh, many years ago, uh, it would have been unheard of to see a beer sponsor, but now you've got beer sponsors. Um, for a long time ago, that wouldn't have been gaming sponsors, but now you've got, um, you know, people in gaming that are uh, doing things um, uh, from a, a sponsorship perspective. You know, you've, you've even got the liquor sponsors. You know, there's um, a company called Game Day Vodka that's uh, showing up on a lot of college campuses um, around the country. And so, um, you know, many, many years ago, you know, these kind of categories were kind of taboo. Uh, but now that um, there is a, a bigger need for, for revenue um, by the, um, um, the properties, you know, these rights holders are coming in and saying, um, I'm, I'm, I'm open to, to paying you more money, uh, but you've got to give me some additional categories that I can sell to, um, uh, to, to pay you that money. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, CBD is, uh, is next on deck. Let's follow the money. Follow the money. <laughs> and speaking of money, we now have the NIL. Do you think that's going to be good or bad for college athletics? You know, I think fundamentally uh, it's going to be good to great uh, from the perspective of, um, you know, I think uh, every individual, i.e. student athlete, um, should have the right to profit from their name, image, and, and likeness. Um, I am, however, a little frightened um, by the uh, the stretch of the notion. You know, I think um, I think name, image, and likeness was was built onto the premise of um, of a of a student athlete being able to use his or her name, image, and likeness to endorse a product or service. But I think um, you know some of the student athletes are are getting the funds, and they aren't actually endorsing any products or services. And um, I think what's, what's, what's frightening to me a little bit at the, is that um, the powers that be are going to reset the button at some point and try to, um, I try to correct this, um, get it kind of back in line, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's to be determined. Exactly. Uh, you spent three years in the big chair conference commissioner. Tell our listeners what the main role is the commissioners for the member institutions. So I think um, uh, as, uh, as, as a conference commissioner, um, you know, exactly the, the time that I was commissioner of the Southern Conference was, was when college presidents started getting uh, more and more involved in the management of, of college athletics. And so um, you know, one of the things that uh, I needed to do was um, uh, make sure that um, our room of, of, of presidents were as up to date and up to speed on everything that was going on um, in uh, the industry uh, as, as possible, because ultimately uh, they would be the ones uh, that uh, would uh, cast the votes with, at the NCA level 
on um, whatever was uh, to be voted on. And so um, I felt like it was um, my role to make sure that they were as, uh, as, as educated as possible. And I think that still is the case today. Um, as you see, a lot of college presidents quoted uh, with regard to uh, decisions that are that are being made um, at, at conference levels um, all, all around the country. I also think um, you know being a, a subject matter expert about college athletics uh, is important uh, for a conference commissioner because uh, not only are presidents um, in roles to uh, to make decisions, but you've also got faculty athletics representatives, you got athletics directors, you got senior women administrators, all um, being in positions um, to, um, you know, vote on, on things that are important in, in college athletics, and, and they need to be as, as, uh, as educated as possible, keeping in mind that they all got day jobs as their, as their regular <laughs> roles on all these campuses around the country. And what else does the conference office do for the individual universities? Well, um, I think um, uh, probably the um, most um, misunderstood role um, that um, conference offices have is the is 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 is, is their uh, position as, as as making revenue uh, yes. for uh, the members. You know, there are operational things that, um, you know, conference offices do, like um, manage um, uh, conference regulations, sport regulations, uh, officiating, um, scheduling, and, and, and things of that nature. Um, but um, I think uh, the, the thing that's uh, most valuable to the members um, is their, um, their role in, uh, in generating revenue for, for the members. And that generally comes through the championships and licensing. Is that correct? Uh, it's um, you know really depending on what level uh, you're on. Um, you know, championships, marketing, and, and licensing is certainly um, a couple of revenue streams. Um, but uh, the higher up the uh, the food chain you go, uh, mm -hmm. the more you get into television rights for regular season uh, activities. Um, you know, like football and um, and, and basketball and um, the, uh, the the other sports, um, there's uh, some significant money um, being um, paid by the uh, the television networks that's ultimately distributed to the members. Now, if someone aspires to work in a conference office, what types of professional experiences should they be looking for to help set them up to be a competitive candidate? You know, I think um, being um, uh, exposed to some type of uh, association management uh, would, uh, would would go a long way uh, towards um, somebody uh, being successful, you know, because uh, very seldom are you just, um, um, you know, working with um, uh, an, an individual um, uh, situation. You know, most of the time you're, you're, you're managing situations that involve multiple uh, members uh, in, in your conference. And so um, anytime uh, that um, uh, you can uh, understand the dynamic of, 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 of working with, uh, with, with, uh, with various uh, entities, uh, that, that comes in handy, you know, because what's, um, what's good for one member may not be good for another member. And uh, everybody is going to want to be uh, treated as, um, as, as fairly as possible. And so um, I think um, having 
association management skills are, are really good. I think having good social skills are uh, really um, handy for somebody to work um, in, a, in a conference office. Again, relationship management uh, goes a long way uh, towards um, uh, you know being successful um, uh, in the industry in general. And, and in this particular instance, uh, being in a, in a conference office, I think um, uh, managing relationships is, is really good. And again, uh, listening, you got to be able to, to be a, a good listener, being able to break down what the uh, what the situation is, what the request is, and and how to um, solve it as best as possible. Now, when you were working for the NBA Developmental League and pulling all that together, corporate sponsorships and ticket sales were a big part of what you had to do. What types of skill sets are needed to be successful in sales? Well, um, you know, sales um, in general uh, of, of tickets and sponsorships and any other type of uh, properties that you have are the absolute bedrock um, in professional sports um, in general. Um, you know, revenue generation is the foundation of the business. And, um, you know, sponsorships and tickets, um, as I mentioned earlier, those aren't off-the-shelf kind of assets that you can sell uh, to somebody um, unless you're you're selling the uh, the Showtime Lakers or the Bulls or somebody like that. You know, if it's um, if it's um, a, a mediocre team that um, that you're marketing, uh, you've got to be able to uh, sit across the table and um, sell that product to somebody that, uh, by and large, um, doesn't want your product or doesn't need your product. But if you can talk them into um, you know buying your product uh, because um, of the entertainment value or the uh, social value or some other value other than watching the team win, you know, because the team isn't winning, um, they're more than likely going to tell you, well, you know, uh, maybe next year uh, when I see who, who they've acquired in the off season or some kind of deal like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think, um, you know, being able to, um, um, you know, be conversive about the, uh, the entire experience and not just the game, you know, goes a long way. Right. Working at Conference USA, you mentioned you worked with basketball and football operations. Tell our listeners what persons working in operations actually do. <laughs> well, uh, a lot of um, not so glamorous kind of um, activities. You know, there are there are sport regulations that uh, every conference uh, will have for all of the sports uh, that they sponsor. Uh, all of the uh, the coaches and the sport administrators have got to be, um, you know, very um, um, conversant ab- about these things. These are are, are things that are in place to kind of keep the, uh, the the playing field uh, level um, as, as as best as possible. You know, there are game management regulations. You know, um, you know when teams uh, should arrive for competition. You know, practice times. You know, laundry. Uh, there's there's all kinds of um, game management types of um, uh, of activities that uh, everybody needs to um, sort of sing from the same hymn book. On there's officiating. You know, um, you know, conferences are responsible for uh, the uh, the officials that uh, officiate competition. There's a conference championship um, in, in every sport, um, mm-hmm. and you know the conference um, uh, sport administrator is responsible for that. You know, there's there's public affairs. 
that um, you know have, have to be dealt with, whether it's communications, whether it's uh, keeping statistics, um, um, promotion of uh, that those particular sports. Um, it's um, it's uh, it's quite a handful of, of things that um, that you have to be in, involved in, and uh, over the course of a, a day or a week or a month or a year. Uh, you're you're interacting with uh, with all types of people in the, in the conference office to make sure that your sport is being uh, managed appropriately. What's the biggest challenge with managing the volunteers who are not actually getting paid to be there? <laughs> well, uh, probably one of the, uh, the the biggest challenges is is, is finding people that uh, are, are comfortable. Um, you know, providing a service to your event uh, without watching the games. You know, sometimes uh, people will volunteer uh, for the sole purpose of uh, getting in free and, um, you know, finding something uh, insignificant to do where they can, they can watch the games. Um, but um, believe it or not, there are some people that um, uh, really like, um, you know, doing uh, those types of things uh, for, the sole purpose of, um, of, uh, of providing a service so that uh, that conference uh, will bring that event back to that community. Um, you know, they, that's, that's what, um, you know, conferences look for is, uh, is communities that want their event uh, in their city and will provide um, infrastructure to, um, you know, make sure that it, uh, it, it comes off without a hitch. Uh, how did you transition from the conference office to working with the college football playoff? So uh, at the um, at, at the college football playoff, um, a little differently than um, my role at, at Conference USA, um, um, my, my responsibilities uh, were, were were more focused. Um, I was. Um, uh, more focused um, on the responsibilities of our of our playoff premium program, which was an experiential program for uh, corporations and individuals to come to the national championship game and either entertain or uh, enjoy the game in a in a plussed up kind of way. Um, I was also uh, responsible for um, you know working with uh, ESPN on our um, our corporate sponsor program. It was a collaboration between. Uh, them and the college football playoff. And uh, for the most part, um, you know, those were my uh, biggest responsibilities. Um, I, you know, a, a moment ago, I, I ran down a list of things that I did at Conference USA. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have that many things to be responsible for at, um, at, at the college football playoff, but they were, they were, they were big roles. You know, the, the role of playoff premium and the role of the corporate sponsor program, especially working with ESPN. Um, those were, those are all the um, opportunities to, to be busy. And in your experience, what types of leaders last the longest in this industry? <laughs> well, I think in my opinion, uh, the ones that, that, that last the longest uh, in the industry are the ones that are, that are comfortable in their roles and, and don't expect more uh, than what's in their lanes. You know, I think, um, um, you know, some of the, um, uh, you know, young folks that um, get into the business uh, these days, um, uh, I, there's me and a couple other folks that uh, like to use the term, can't wait to be great. Mm -hmm. You know, I think. Um, Want to be president um, today? 
That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know, I think um, um, it, it, it'll all come to you um, in, in due time um, and, and just let it um, and let's let it happen. I think um, uh, those in, in hiring positions, those in senior management positions uh, want to see if somebody can can basically knock it out of the park for what you're there for. And then um, gradually, uh, and you invite them in to some 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 other roles there. But um, uh, you know, one of the things that um, I uh, observed uh, uh, at the NBA it was in sales. You know, when when you got a product that 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 was a little challenging uh, to sell, um, and your salespeople had some non-sales responsibilities, they would. Um, find themselves doing those uh, non-sales responsibilities before they would do their sales responsibilities <laughs> so that they could get out of selling, you know, and uh, you'd always have to uh, go tap them on the shoulder and say, uh, aren't you supposed to be selling? <laughs> I'm paying you to sell. That's right. That's right. I know I'm paying you to do some other stuff too there, but um, I know exactly when I, I can, I can expect you to do that other stuff, but you're primarily here to sell. Right. And we talked about sales is hard, so it is. You may want that product. You may want to do some of that other stuff first because you're putting off what's hard, but you got to do the hard work in order to get the rewards later. That's right. And we constantly hear that relationships are so important in this industry, but with the last two years, we've really been removed from one another in a physical space. So how can you suggest that aspiring sports administrators develop these relationships in this virtual environment? Well, uh, I, I would start off by saying, you know, if somebody hadn't already uh, um, been, um, you know, working on the process of um, developing and managing relationships, I would, I would start off by saying, yikes, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's tough as someone is, is just now starting to develop relationships. Um, but, um, you know, better late than never, you know, start now as, as, as soon as possible. You know, I don't know that there is anything, uh, that, uh, replaces a, a, a good relationship. I know there's conversation about, um, a lot of, um, you know, working from home. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of conversation about, um, you know, shutting down offices. I saw one of the conferences, Pack is 12. in the process of yeah, closing down their office altogether. Um, I don't know what kind of relationships uh, their people are going to have uh, with people if they're just not um, in the same space uh, with uh, with individuals uh, as, as much as possible. I know that that's certainly been um, my experience, um, you know, having a good relationship um, and, and, and being able to uh, you know, I'm, I imagine you can probably talk through things on a Zoom or on a telephone or or whatever. Um, I think a, an, an in-person, um, uh, you know, conversation over coffee or a soda or something like that um, just kind of goes a long a longer way. You know, I, I don't I don't know that there is a um, a substitute for a good relationship personally. And what has this career path cost you personally? Well, you know, I think, um, you know, people make sacrifices in, in, in all professions. Um, I think in, in this one, um, I think knowing your role and, and knocking it out of the park is, 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 is paramount. Um, I think um, 
understand what it looks like to go above and beyond the call of duty and um and and then doing it when it's appropriate you know is a um is a, is a little bit of a sacrifice for um, you know some of the overachievers mm-hmm. that you have out there you know there there are folks that um that feel like um um as i mentioned earlier they can't wait to be great um, oh, yes. they'll get themselves in the door and then they'll go and see uh what's the um the 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 the, the biggest impression i can make mm-hmm. and forget about why they're even in the door in the first place and uh, the job when they, they were hired show- to do that's right right and when they're and when they're shown the door like, well, wait a minute why, why, why am i being asked to leave and <laughs> and i think that um i think that is um that that's just a sacrifice you you have to make uh when you're you're in a hurry to to to, to get to the top you know you just got to be patient it'll it'll happen it ultimately will happen you know because this is this is an industry i think um is sophisticated public relations and it, it's you know there's there's no i don't think at least i don't think there are any machines that can be invented that'll take the place of um of, of a good relationship and i think if you um if you're patient um play your card cards right uh, you'll wind up in in the place that you need to be you've had so many different professional roles. Which one did you find the most challenging and why? <laughs> I don't think there's any question that um, the uh, the experience I had uh, in the NBA uh, was the most challenging, um, by and large, because the actual job that I was recruited for um, was was not, at, not the actual job that... Um, uh, I actually, uh, was, um, was expected to perform, you know, I, you know, um, I mean, you, you probably know some of the other original, um, team presidents for, mm-hmm. you know, some of those original, um, MBDL teams. And, you know, we were all, um, recruited under the premise that, um, you know, the league was going to be a, a laboratory. It was going to be research and development. Um, and the, um, you know, the same things that, um, um, you know, individuals were um, uh, evaluated for uh, in the NBA uh, would not be uh, what we would be evaluated for. Well, uh, we were sold one thing and uh, required to do something else. And I think we were all uh, really, really challenged, you know, from especially from a, a sales perspective. You know, we were we were selling something that not many people wanted to buy. And um, we were expected to, um, to, to sell it to, to people. Uh, you know, there were sometimes people were um, you know, people that uh, that managed us uh, will say, "Well, you got to make them buy it." And you said, "Well, <laughs> I don't think you make anybody buy anything. <laughs> if they want it, they'll buy it." Right, right. So, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to young Alfred when he was at Texas Tech and getting ready to start this career? Well, I think um, having a plan um, goes a long way. You know, I think um, building a network um, is, is is paramount. Um, I don't think um, in a um, uh, in, in a people business, and um, people shouldn't fool, try to fool themselves. You know, athletics administration is purely a, a people business. Um, I think uh, when when you're when you when you need people to um, Number one, execute your job, but then, well, get into the business, then execute your job, 
and then uh, ascend to uh, higher levels, um, you, you need to have that network um, at your at your at your disposal. And I think um, you know listening uh, really well um, uh, will go a long way um, too there because. Um, as you um, need to uh, execute uh, what it takes to go as high up the uh, ladder as you like to be, uh, you, you need to be able to listen and, uh, and know what, what people are expecting of you, I believe. What motivated you to start your own consulting company and who are going to be your potential clients? <laughs> well, uh, for the most part, I'm, I'm not done having fun. You know, I've, I've always... I've always considered my career actually a hobby that I was getting paid for. And, um, you know, the reason I um, had to, um, I don't know if I, maybe I should, shouldn't say I had to there. My wife is probably not very far away. Um, but um, I, I, we relocated here so that my wife could be uh, near her family. Okay. And so um, I figured that, um, you know, she's followed me around for all of my career, most of my career. Uh, she made this request of me, and so um, I, uh, I'm, I'm granting that wish. And so um, I'm not, um, I'm not, um, I'm not considering retiring. You know, I, I feel like I've got uh, a lot left in the tank. Uh, I've observed um, a good number of people that um, that need and want help uh, in this industry, and uh, and I'm excited to try and help where I can. You know, I think um, both on the um, the college and university side, but also on the um, the private sector side. I think there are people on uh, at, at businesses that um, that want to get into athletics um, and just don't know how. Um, I feel like I do know how. I think I can give them uh, advice and counsel about how to, to make that happen. I think I can um, make connections uh, for folks to um, – um, you know, get into the business, work with the right people uh, once they're in the business and, and be successful. And so um, I'm, um, I'm looking forward to um, having a lot of fun doing that. When you get to the point where you're going to add staff, what are the top three qualities that you'll be looking for in a colleague? Well, I think... Um, I'll, I'll probably look for more than three. Um, okay. I'll, I'll want to know. I'll want to know about their network. I'm going to want to know how they manage relationships. Um, you know how they listen, uh, how they facilitate problem solving. You know, it's um, uh, again, it's um, it's uh, it's their social skills. Um, you know, I think, um, and I've always thought that the um, the number of people that can do the fundamental work. Um, in our industry are basically a dime a dozen. Um, but the ones that, um, that can get along, uh, with, um, um, a, a diverse, a diverse room of, 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 individuals, you know, those are the ones that separate themselves. Um, those are the ones that, um, are, are very valuable to an, an operation. And those will, those will ultimately be the kind of people that, um, that, that I'll want to be a part of, of, of my team. Uh, because, um, you know, otherwise, um, uh, you know, the consternation that um, brings a client to me doesn't necessarily go away if um, all we're doing is perpetuating the consternation. You know, we want to we want to solve the problem. We want right. to make that problem go away uh, for individuals that, uh, that come to us for help. 
Alfred, what's the best advice you can provide to young professionals regarding having longevity in this industry? Well, I think um, I think uh, put a um, a high value on relationships and experiences uh, more so than earning potential. Um, I think earning potential uh, will take care of itself um, if you're in the right place at, at the right time. You know, I think you have to be patient. But I think, um, you know, having that, uh, that really high value on relationships and experiences um, uh, will, will ultimately, um, uh, um, you know, make good things happen for the individual. Great. Uh, Alfred, thank you so much for your insight. I think it's going to be very helpful for people looking at marketing and sponsorships and help them understand a little about operations. Because like you said, it's so hard to explain to somebody what operations is. But <laughs> without it, you don't have any events. They just can't exist. Right. And thank you for your service to the industry for all of these years. And I know you're going to keep working and hopefully we can work together and do some things. That'd be awesome. Thank you for listening to our podcast. I hope that the notes you took from our guests will help you as you plan and build your career. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. View from the big chair, examining the cost to be the boss. I'm your host, Marlon Jones, and I thank you again for listening.